As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show's Prospects to Pros. Hello and welcome to Prospects of Pros, sponsored by Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. I am your host today, Nate Tice, and joining me, as always, and I'll use that line, is the athletics draft expert and my friend, Mr. Dane Brugler. How are you doing today, Dane? I, I hope you don't mind I call you my friend, but I, I feel like we are getting onto those terms after maybe maybe an on-air friend at the very least. How are you doing today, Dane? <laughs> well, I mean, the amount of I text you more than most of my other friends, so you know, yeah. uh, our just you know, our text exchanges alone, uh, I think that qualifies. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. You know, we uh, had you know just finished with week one NFL, a lot of rookie talk that we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know you know your your head's got to be swimming a little bit with everything that you know. It's it's so hard after week one because you have these expectations and then things happen and it's like you're reacting to it, and so I. I just so much to take in. Uh, yeah. The Rogers injury uh, last night, as we record this, you know he's. It's fair to wonder if we're ever going to see him in the NFL again. You know these uh, Achilles injuries for a forty-year-old man are just mm-hmm. not quite as simple for uh, maybe younger athletes. So plenty to get through with that. But uh, you know, t- for today, I know we're going to focus more on some prospects and some rookies. Yeah, the the pro element is in full swing already, and it's just a. I can't believe it was only four plays. Felt like there was just so much buildup leading into that. I just feel yeah. gutted for the Jets coaches, the Jets fans, everybody, because I just wanted to see it. Just wanted to see it unfold. I, I think everybody did that watches the NFL. But again, this is prospects and pros, so we'll hit up both ends on this show, especially. But looking at, we're already you know diving in. We're I think we're knee deep, maybe quad deep on the 2024 draft at this point in time, and it's middle of September right now. Uh, but the, I think the big, big discussion point and a big kind of theme of this draft is going to be the quarterback draft class. Not only the top two guys, but the race for QB three, as we put it, and who knows if the two top two shakes up, but at this point in time, I'm feeling, feeling pretty good about those top two uh, (laughs) after watching them play so far this season, but the QB three, it's just, it's a deep, deep class. And I know we talked about this already previously, but I think this is just going to be an updated segment. This is going to be a bit, I think throughout this year where me and Dane are just going to Update the tally board. Uh, look at what's the leaderboard look like. Who had the best showing the pe- previous week? Because that's how it's going to play out this season and postseason. After uh, once the draft process starts getting really in full swing, so just start with the QB three discussion. Dane, who really stood out to you today? I know there's one big matchup that happened between Texas and Alabama and a particular quarterback there, uh, but who really do you want to lead off with this QB three discussion? Yeah, I think we have to start off with Quinn Quinn Ewers, uh, Texas quarterback who. You know, we, we know the background, five-star recruit, uh, all this pub coming in. He was a millionaire before he actually took his first college pass with NIL. Um, and so with that, you're going to be an easy target for, uh, you know, criticism if you don't perform on the field. And yeah. last year was a little up and down, uh, but I think it's fair to, you know, we, we, we talked about this before. He was basically a freshman last yeah. year. So coming into this year, going to Tuscaloosa uh, with all the talent that he has around him, he arguably, I mean, I still think Ohio State has unquestionably the best wide receiver depth chart in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington is up there, but Texas is 
I mean, close to the top with what they, and we saw that, but it doesn't oh, yeah. work unless Quinn Ewers is dialed in and making some of these throws. And, you know, I wrote about it last week uh, leading up to the game. Uh, you know, he was on, on deep passes on posts and go routes. He was completing 21% of his throws in his career at Texas. Just not good enough. Uh, when he targets Xavier Worthy, he's completing 51% of his throws. Like it just, it was not good enough up to that point. Uh, Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, it was good enough because he played his best game that we've seen at the college level. Everything was clicking. Yeah, we, we knew he had the arm, yeah. but it was the consistency factor. Could That's he, in different types of throws, uh, you know, understanding what the defense is doing and then trying to uh, attack them, you know, and I think Sark, Coach Sarkeesian, he, I mean, he knows. Uh, he had a good game plan going in. Um, you know, no more Bijan Robinson, so the run game isn't as much of a threat. Even though they, yeah. you know, they they're still a, a a good running team, but if they're going to win, it's going to be through the air. And we saw that Adore Mitchell was outstanding. He's yeah. uh he's a guy that we'll be talking about more and more. I mean, he had three catches, but man, did he make them count? Yeah. He had that nice sideline catch against Kool Aid McKinstry, and then two touchdowns. Uh, one on a simple slant that he beat Kool Aid uh, with a, a nasty release. I think Kool Aid was expecting that inside help. Yeah. Uh, safety kind of got sucked up uh, by the, the backfield action and left just a wide open void for yep. uh, Mitchell. Um, and then, but then that that second touchdown that he had, which is really the dagger that uh, was the exclamation point for Texas in that game, uh, it, it, just a beautiful stutter and go. Right. I, it, it is rare for like how many receivers can make an Alabama corner look slow. I mean, right. just there's not many guys. Uh, Mitchell's one of them. For a guy that's six four to have that type of acceleration, that type of twitch, it's just it's rare. It, it's just yeah. it's very uncommon, and so. The the book on him coming out of Georgia because he transferred over the mm-hmm. offseason from from Athens was okay very gifted but can he be a detailed receiver can he be a guy that uh, you know Texas game to that next level and I still some of those questions still exist in terms of expanding his route tree um, but when you're that gifted you're still going to make an impact because right. you're just you're better than a lot of guys you're facing uh, out there on the field so. And then Xavier Worthy, I think, you know, he had that drop early on, but he came back strong. His touchdown was, you know, that moonshot by Ewers, who mm-hmm. just perfect bucket shot. Moonshot's uh, the right word, too. That thing was <laughs> dropped literally off uh, uh, <laughs> a crater on the moon. <laughs> on There's not ball. many times when you watch the tape and you lose the football. It gets yeah. off the screen, you know, yeah. and, and, but that's how it was. But it was perfect. And, it was. And, uh, Credit to Worthy because he had to kind of bend his route, track it over his shoulders, make that Willie Mays style catch, yeah. and, and he did it really well. So you know he has the speed, he has the tracking skills. Um, you know, consistency's still a question with him, but in the right role, you can see why he's a a weapon as a yeah. prospect. So yeah, I mean, going back to Quinn, I mean, he, he had an outstanding game, and you know, he this is why he started the year as my. Quarterback four, he was 20th overall on my early top 50, which, you know, again, it was based more on potential than production at that point. But, you know, what Saturday, it was a little more fulfilled uh, production. And we saw that potential shine through in the box score, on the tape, uh, in real time. Um, and, you know, it was great, too, just to see uh, just his teammates uh, after that up. game. Oh, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, too. That's something cool. as as an evaluator, you always love to see with quarterbacks. Yes. I mean, you, it, say what you will. It, it you know, sounds uh, corny, but that is such exactly. a real. It's such a real thing. It really people is. will scoff at it, but yeah. that matters. I mean, yeah. it's something that when scouts go to uh, these campuses and watch practice, I, I wish like fans could listen to the questions that they're asking at coaches. Like, you know, it's it's how is he in the locker room? You know, what do what do his teammates think about him? Like it's, it's all these questions that are that more of those style. Is he early for workouts? That, is he first right. in drills? Like, and I know more so that than, you know, what's his favorite route to throw? What's yeah. his, it, it's more, cause they can see that stuff on tape. Mm-hmm. They want to find out what is he like behind closed doors? What is he like in the locker room? It, what kind of worker is he? Yeah. Just every, all of those things that you don't necessarily see on the tape and on the broadcast and how the media portrays him. So yeah. uh, for Quinn, it was definitely a night where he helped himself because it's September. It's mid-September. Right or wrong, this game will have more weight 
than probably any, unless they make the playoffs, right. any other game that Texas has on the schedule uh, right now. So he certainly helped himself in the NFL draft uh, conversation. He absolutely did. The flashes is why I, I stayed high on him because it was his flash throws were as good as anybody. <laughs> it yeah. was, you're going, he was, he's like built to throw trick shots. Just how he throws is just built. It looks like everything's a trick shot. And it was just all about consistency. He doesn't have overwhelming size, um, overwhelming speed or anything like that. So you got to win this way. You have to win, be able to throw a little bit off platform from the pocket, from the pocket on time. And he's a, a merchant in quick game. Like he is just, yeah. he he is so good getting that ball out, throwing screens and flats, and just quickly and getting the ball in his playmaker's hands. Um, yeah, this and was, credit to the offensive line too because they they kept him upright. Uh, yeah. You think about last the last time we saw him against Alabama last year he was on his back. Yeah, uh, hey man, Bryce Young were just getting <laughs> getting yeah. knocked out the entire game. Jeez. Zero sacks uh, yeah. for Alabama yeah. in that game. They had six pressures total. Six. Last year, Alabama averaged 19.5 pressures per game. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, no more Will Anderson. Right. Um, but they only had six pressures against that Texas offensive line. So not only the weapons at receiver, uh, but the offensive line did their job. And that, that, that was a big part of it. But getting Sark the ball out game. quickly. Yeah, Sark absolutely. Called a, he called a great that's game. Part well, that's too. a game yeah. that... From a scheme nerd standpoint, I can't wait to watch as well. Uh, just like study it that way as opposed to just watching Quinn the entire time and right. watch, like actually watching what they're doing because his, some of the designs and use of motion was really, really cool. But, uh, also just his eyes were always going to the right spot, which speaks to both his maturity and also how he's getting coached up. So complimenting them both there. The times that his feet got wonky, it wasn't to me him. And this has been a problem for him in the past. I'm going to this guy hell or high water, and then he's just his right. feet get all wonky because he wonky because he's waiting for that guy to come open and throw it, even though he shouldn't. Uh, Paul Chris, who ironically is on this coaching staff now, uh, his great term that I always liked was "listen to your feet." Let your feet tell you you're late. And that's like, man, I, my, I, I'm ready to throw, but he's not open. There's a couple times his feet got wonky, but it was on the receiver and not him. Um, mm-hmm. The receiver was, you know taking a little too long on the break and that actually was encouraging. So, you know, it was, it was, there's an explanation for the plays that usually I ding them on, which I think is, which is improvement. So saying even the negatives that he has improved upon, which I think is so good. Also the tight end, uh, Jatavion Sanders, who I know um, yep. you're very high on as well. I think he's your tight end too, I believe. Yep, after, yeah, only two tight ends made by top 50. Uh, Brock Bowers, them, right? obviously, and then Sanders. And yeah, I, that, that's a good shout out. Yeah, he, he would. He looked great. That's exactly yeah. what you want him to be. He's an offensive weapon. Yeah, he's a little undersized, but he he can move. And against Alabama, he was really, really moving. Um, moving on, a- anything else on, on this game, or do you want to just keep keep on the quarterbacks? Do you, uh, yeah, I mean, let's keep going with the quarterbacks. Yeah. I, I think that – I mean, yeah, it is a running bit a little bit, but it's something that we'll be touching <laughs> we have on to. uh, almost every episode because quarterback three is fascinating it's- when you have – like okay, let's just let's let's frame it this way. Yeah. How many quarter? Assuming Caleb and Drake May are one and two, yeah, uh, or two and one, whatever you you, you do. Uh, Thank you, Dade. I, I, at least you uh, appease me a little bit. <laughs> you throw me a bone there. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, how many? Okay, what are the realistic names that you think are in this quarterback three conversation? I think it's fair to say Quinn Ewers, yep, um, JJ McCarthy, yep. who was my quarterback three coming into this year, and through two games he has done, done nothing, nothing to, to change that. Uh, Hurt himself, yeah. And, no. and again, the disclaimer: it's East Carolina and UNLV. But uh, you know, he's still completing almost ninety percent of his passes uh, so far this year. It's comical um, sometimes. I, it's, it's just like it yeah, looks like seven the big, on seven. And the big thing with with JJ is just seeing it quicker, yep. making the on time throw, and he's done that this year. It yep. just everything looks a little more easy for him. Yep. Which again, the 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 That's competition could could do that, but another year of maturation. Can also do that. So, um, yeah. and also speaking of JJ McCarthy and that offense, Roman Wilson is a fun receiver. Uh, he's yeah. another guy. I, I did a film room, and another guy I included in that film room. He's a little undersized, but man, he's speedy. He's quick in and out of his breaks. Um, I, I like him quite a bit. He's he's already got five touchdowns this year. So <laughs> Roman Wilson, a receiver that's a little under under underrated uh, yeah. in the senior class, but I, I think his arrow is pointing pointing way up. I mean, he's Based on what just what I've seen so far, he's a top four, top five rounds belongs somewhere in that mix. Okay. Um, so Quinn Ewers, JJ McCarthy, yeah. uh, you know, I know Riley Leonard was my QB. Riley, 
Yeah, <laughs> Riley, and I do think he belongs in there. I mean, you yeah. and I spoke last week how the Clemson yes. game was, you know, it was fine, but it, was fine. it really wasn't a reason to, you know, I was push him up. Yeah, yeah, and and he was, you know, this past they had a FCS opponent. They Lafayette, Lafayette. He went twelve, yeah, for, yeah. 12 for twelve. <laughs> So, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. not bad. I'm going to say I didn't watch the film. I looked at the stat line. I was like, okay, I'm just that's why yeah. I probably will never <laughs> check out. So I will just uh, I'll just think the 12 for 12 was probably pretty good. <laughs> but he's at least in that mix. So yeah. those three guys, and then I think the fourth uh, is Shadur. Yeah, you know, a, a guy that we, obviously we talked about at length last week. Um, but is there any besides before we really dive into yeah. more on, on Shadur, is there anybody else besides those four you think is a realistic candidate for quarterback three at this point? At this point, no, but there's ones that I'm the stock is ascending. And I think there mm-hmm. is uh, Tyler D- Van Dyke from Miami, which I think there we'll talk go. about in a moment. Uh, someone I was high on two years ago and then yeah. kind of really cooled on him. Miami's offense was, I just thought, not conducive for his skill set because he's so long and everything. But we can talk about him in a sec because against Texas A&M, though, he looked great. Awesome. And then, and then I look awesome. back to the original Miami squared game, Miami versus Miami game, and he looked good there too. And uh, mm-hmm. all the things I saw in that my, or first A&M game and then going back to watch Miami game, it's like, okay, this is, this is consistent no matter who the opponent, opponent is. So that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think we'll talk about him in a, in a sec, but I, I do want to talk about Shadur because talk about the QB3 discussion, even Mel Kuyper from ESPN uh, said today that he right now is a guaranteed high first round pick in his QB3 for this next up, upcoming class, which again, like we said, there's a lot of candidates. So to have just that definitive statement, it is interesting if <laughs> coming from someone like Mel Kuyper. So let's yes. talk about Sanders because I know, I, I think we have some mutual feelings on how that second game went against Nebraska. So I, I let's just kind of talk about how he looked. Uh, I, Cause I thought it was very interesting, but good and bad ways. Yeah. And you know, like there are two or three draft analysts you know in this industry that when they say something about a player i pay attention and mel kuyper is one of those guys uh the og the 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 original guy Uh, yes Uh, and you know what mel is part showman so you know like that's he's making the only reason to use a word like guarantee about a prospect in september is for headlines and obviously we're talking about it so you know it's uh, it it worked but i mean mel kuiper is we won't pull the jimmy clausen guarantee uh but uh, yeah or or the mike williams (laughs) oh yeah that's right michael yeah i remember that yeah i remember that draft because it was mike williams was the number one player and it was just like as other guys were going and they just like right it's like why is this guy still around i think he only went like 10th or whatever but still yeah i remember that draft it didn't quite work out but uh yeah it's uh, you know it's it's something that because the exact quote was what he he's a guaranteed high first round pick or he would be guaranteed be the number one to me right now in the 2025 Shadur right? uh, uh, Sanders to me right now is a guaranteed high first round pick. Kuiper Jr. also said Shadur uh, would be a guaranteed number one overall pick in the 2025 draft if he chose to stay with the Buffs for a second season. Quite that the is a statement. That's a I mean, big statement. Yeah. And, and, and look, I get it. We, we talked about it last week. I mean, the and I wrote about it on The Athletic after that game against TCU was – this tape is his formal application to be oh, considered yeah. for quarterback three. Like it's, there's a lot of good things on here. You see uh, some references on there. Enough, <laughs> yeah. Good enough velocity. You see accuracy, you see touch, yeah. you see um, it, mobility. He can be creative, but yeah. he doesn't necessarily rely on it too much. He can change platforms. Um, you know, there's a lot to like there. I, you know, the, the, the mechanics aren't great, but I don't care. I think mechanics are as overrated as, for as a quarterback. Yeah, if the ball gets there on time and yep. it's and it's accurate, I don't care what the I mean, look at Quinn Ewers. Like. I would never teach anyone to throw like Quinn Ewers, but right. it's just, who oh, cares? Yeah. Ball's there on time. <laughs> it's ball. From, from yeah, the feet on up. Yeah, that's exactly. All that matters. Yep. But against uh, uh, Nebraska, a better defense than TCU, mm-hmm. I, do, I do think there were a few things that maybe stuck out as, okay, yeah, this guy – he still has got a ways to go yeah. in terms of reading the field and anticipating things like that. And I, I mean, I know you watched it. Would you see? Yeah, the Nebraska had a great game plan. First off, by uh, uh, credit to their coaches, was a lot of drop eight. Uh, so scheme wise, and you could see because Colorado leaned into, especially against TCU and early on Nebraska, was a lot of quick game. And what 
how to really limit quick game is to drop eight, flood the passing lanes. Right. It's like it's like you're trying to stop a driving team just around a two three zone in basketball. So that that's what they did, and they're making him make quick decisions because that makes you go one to two really quickly. It's a quick game. You have to operate quickly. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> so when we see like how this kind of how that kind of broke out, the other thing that they did was they started blitzing him uh, whenever they got into an empty formation, which against TCU. That was putting Travis Hunter on an island. That, that was They were just picking apart TCU's defense out of empty. So what Nebraska was making him do is like, you have to make the right decision right away. And he wasn't. And I, I think that's right there in the NFL. You have to do that every play. So this was just a good kind of little snapshot of like that, what they want to major in, what Colorado likes to do when they pass the ball. They already got taken away. They made it, made it harder on him, and he didn't always have the answers. Also, some of the – the kind of some of his awareness and decision-making kind of surprised me like uh you know taking sacks and field goal range and everything but again this is not a, a guy that's had a lot of big game starts yes he is draft eligible but he did come from fcs in jackson state and right. again he was a big recruit and everything or he had some pedigree as a recruit and he's Deion sanders's son but you could just see that this guy need rep, needs reps he needs time he needs ways to get to one to two to three or to shortcut reads and that's fine but you do see some ball placement. Throwing on the move is really nice. And you can see when he's confident with the throw, he boom, he gets it out, puts it on the money. But you can just see some of the blemishes and some of maybe his progression when he gets kind of a little dumbfounded a little bit. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's fair. And it shouldn't be surprising. You know, no. This is a guy that is still, you know, he's a true junior. Like you said, coming from the FCS level, there's things he just hasn't seen yet that's and it. things that he has to work through on the fly. Uh, but that's, that's to be expected. And, you know, I, I two games, we're <laughs> got a long yeah. way to go for, him. <laughs> and, you know, I, we've got Oregon and USC coming up on the schedule. Um, Oregon, you know, they just gave up 30 plus at Texas tech mm-hmm. on defense, but that Oregon defense might be, one of the better defenses that Colorado sees all year, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't saying much, but it's at least something I want to see because, I, you know, at Nebraska, like you said, the game plan was great, but yeah. I don't know how many pros they have on on defense for that yep. team. Yep. TCU, certainly, that that they might be the worst defense that Colorado sees all year. So seeing him, and then against USC, USC it has a better defense than last year, but it's still not great. Right. But we know Caleb's going to put up, put up points. And yeah. so... Can you know, they get to attract me? Yeah, exactly. Right. How yeah. does that? How does that play out? So that's a great point, though. Just like it's perfect because Oregon's a better defense, but maybe not an elite one. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, how do you answer against a good defense? And then USC is, a, I think, a perfect game for him to watch because I feel like it's. I, I like when they they're kind of balanced as far as like one opponent is against the opponent. They're kind of similar similar ranking wise. Okay, that's a solid defense, decent defense, but has holy against a solid offense that doesn't that's not perfect. I think that's a kind of like a fair matchup. Sorry to cut you off, but I kind of that's a great point to make. No, and I think it's one thing that I've been probably the most impressed with is just his poise. You know, when yeah. you think about all the headlines, you think about all the attention on him. Uh, game day is going to, to Boulder this weekend. Um, and they're playing Colorado State. Yeah. You know, it's not this big matchup uh, necessarily on paper. Um, but it's it's it, it's he's the main attraction. And, you know, aside from his dad. Uh, so <laughs> it, it will be interesting to see just how he handles it throughout the year. There will be some rough spots. Uh, but long story short, he's absolutely in that conversation for quarterback three. If the draft were tomorrow, I, I yeah, I, I do think there'd be several teams that would have him as quarterback three. I don't think it'd be consensus, but yeah. I do think that there's a good chance a lot of teams would look at the package of traits and say, yeah, we want to work with that. Right. Uh, not just for who he is now, but what he's going to be six months from now and a year from now and, you know, the rest of his rookie contract. So uh, certainly understand the optimism uh, with him. But yeah, I mean, I think that uh, when we talk about these potential quarterback threes those four um we'll talk about tyler van dyke one other dark horse i want to mention is uh, there's definitely some love for spencer rattler uh south yeah. carolina uh, among scouts because and he's I played well it. this year <laughs> uh, yeah there's you know the north carolina tape didn't really work out that great for south carolina but he had he's dealing with bad protection uh, I, I counted three or four drops in that game uh, but Rattler was still playing, playing tough through the end. So I, I, he's helped himself through two games, uh, Spencer yeah. Rattler. And, and the second half of last year, that's it, that's yeah. going to stick oh, in people's yeah. mind because he it, has it, calmed it, down so much. And if so he continues much. to do that, it, yeah. it's going to be 
So and the you biggest can't teach thing, what you can't teach his his arm talent. You just can't. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah, just can't. pure ability. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's got some movement to him. He's yeah. he's got the ability to throw from different platforms with ease. Um, there's a lot there to like, and I mean, there's a reason we were talking about him as a potential top ten pick not too yeah. long ago. You know, the character stuff will be something we have to work through, but yep. it's it, it's something that um, I don't think is as much of a concern now as it was. Two years ago, um, I I do think that there's there's an element of him showing maturity um, that scouts have been um, you know optimistic about. So not saying he's should be in that top tier of quarterback three yeah. uh, candidates, but he's at least a dark horse with a Van Dyke, uh, maybe with a Bo Nix as yeah. a guy that hey don't forget about him because there are there is some love on the streets um, uh, in, in the scouting streets for a guy like this. I I get it. <laughs> I think I, he has a throw at least I, every once in a while, once a month that you're just like, holy crap, like that. That's it. It, yeah. that's it. It's an S tier throw that you can't teach. And it, it, it's kind of crazy. Like you think about. I feel like he's been in my life for forever. I know, like, right? <laughs> I feel like I've talked about Spencer Rattler for so long and he's still around. You think about the. Uh, we, we've seen. What six quarterbacks go in the first round once? That was the 1983, the okay. you know, that legendary draft. Yeah, that's it, it's only it's only happened once. Uh, even five quarterbacks is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. But I mean, looking at it right now, obviously the teams matter. Um, you know who's going to be looking for a quarterback after this year? But I mean, we're going to see. It. I, I I feel confident saying at least four yeah. with a that realistic like a chance at five. And then I, an outside chance of maybe even six. Uh, you know, we we just said that there's maybe four guys in that quarterback three conversation. Uh, so those four plus the top two, that's six right there. It's it'll be really interesting to see how this continues to play out because you know I these quarterback it, it, it this is a rich quarterback draft. It's there's so many guys uh, the a lot of underclassmen that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know they have to declare obviously. Um, you know it's. Declaring now is a little different than before with NIL and like a guy like Shadur. Think about the money he could make yeah. if he wants to stay and you know play for Pops one more year. Uh, if he wanted to go that route, um, if he's not the you know guaranteed first round pick at, at, at six months from now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it'll be a really interesting conversation with some of these quarterbacks. And, and there's so many fun like day two and day three guys that it's yeah. it's loaded it's not that's uh, what dane's saying too is that like you know there might be four or five six in the first round but it's also deep there are Very so deep. many interesting guys i mean i'm watching freaking hawaii tape to watch the shager like because <laughs> he's interesting he might as a day three guy and then hardison gavin hardison who we talked about UTEP. a couple of weeks ago from yeah. utep but that dude can wing it and that's like an nfl arm that's what we keep saying but these are interesting day three guys and then kansas yeah. got like jalen daniels daniels uh, from kansas yes watching him against illinois like i mean uh jerzon newton is just bearing down on him and oh he just makes a miss that's at the goal line and, and creates a play yards on and, the move. <laughs> I, yeah like he's He's undersized. Yeah. I mean, he is. He'll be under six foot. Yep. Um, probably around two twelve. Um, That's really right. good athlete. Good enough arm. Yep. I mean, he's he's got playmaking potential there. Um, and you they know, a guy love like, him. They love yeah, him there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's another. I mean, thing. I. I Cam Ward, I, yep. what he did yeah. to your your Badgers. Uh, oh my god! You know, it's he's a guy that some some teams really like. Um, and, and there, Joe Milton. People can't quit Milton. Joe Milton. Because of that arm. Um, I, there's still so many questions he has to answer as a quarterback. Yeah. But when you have a special arm like he does, uh, guess what? You're going to get chance after chance after chance uh, to go see what you can do. I know. We, oh my God. Another Sam Hartman. I, I know. We could just spend like 40 minutes yeah. just listing off guys. I do want to talk about Tyler Van Dyke for Miami because yes. I – What a difference like, a year makes. Oh, my goodness. He – just real quick, I'll just give my little note. Everything looks tighter with him. He's yeah. such a long limbed guy. I can relate. I'm, I'm very long as, as a, even as a tall guy of a long wingspan. I picked the worst position to play with my like body type. It's like no wonder my dad right. and my uncle play tight end. Makes a lot of sense. Um, but like what him and Tanner McKee, when they were, I first scouted them a couple of years ago. Tanner McKee's with the Eagles now from Stanford. They're just so long and the release always kind of felt elongated. And when you're not kind of twitchy like a Trevor Lawrence is, it kind of can just really like, oh man, you're just, it's decent arm, but like, oh, you feel like just a step late or there's just too much that can unravel here. 
everything just looked sped up. His footwork looked great. He played balanced. Uh, his motion looked tighter. Still a little long, but tight. And I was super impressed. I, I want to kind of hear what your thoughts are, but I'm I'm very bullish on Van Dyke. Again, I'm rebuying the stock I sold and <laughs> because I, I really liked what I saw against Texas A&M and in the Miami game uh, earlier in the year, the Miami squared game, uh, Miami versus right. Miami. I, I really liked what I saw. So I, I kind of want to hear what you think as well with uh, Van Dyke. Yeah, new offensive coordinator, uh, yeah. Shannon Dawson. Um, I, the biggest thing Third is, OC in three years. That's uh, uh, for, for Van Dyke, which is right. not something you got to note. <laughs> he, he just lo- he looks more poised. Yeah. I, he, he just better commanded the offense than a, a year ago. I think the revamped offensive line, I, that has a lot to do with it. Um, you know, like bringing in Javian Cohen at guard, uh, Lee at center. Because uh, – Van Dyke's not a top-tier athlete. You know, he's a guy that wants to win from the pocket. Yep. And that's what we saw against AM on Sunday or on Saturday. We saw a guy who was a lot more confident back there. Because I think he was trusting the blocking in front of him. Um and AM, they, they were running a lot of zone and just rushing four. And Van Dyke's like, all right, sure, Shred let's do up. it. Yeah, he did. And he going back to last year, he had one of the lowest completion percentages when pressured. It was like 37, 38%, something like that. Uh, this year, it's closer to 60 so far. Uh, his third down percentage, much better. And I think it just comes from understanding protections, mm-hmm. better trusting that protection, and having that confidence uh, really carry over and manifest itself in your throws down the field and your reads down the field. So yeah. I, I think with Van Dyke, uh, so far so good. He's off yeah. to a really good start. Uh, it, it's just good to see Miami uh, you know, with well. all that talent they have yeah, yeah. making some plays. So, uh, and on defense, um, you know, they, they've got some guys that were showing out. So yeah, that, that, that was fun to see. I don't, you know, Van Dyke's a guy that still needs to do more yeah. uh, just to get into that, you know, conversation as a, you know, top 100 or, uh, you know, someone that you consider a, a day two guy, yep. uh, but through two games, I, he certainly helped himself. Absolutely. That's kind of where I'm at with him. It just, he's never been fear. Like the offense two years ago was so frustrating because it was all downfield or it was screens. And then they would throw downfield and not have a check down option for him. So he was just throwing, it was either 40 yard go ball or create, which is not a way to live. <laughs> I, that's right. why the offense coordinator was not there anymore. And it also was just, it's nice seeing him progress and throw guys open. Like he he was throwing curl routes and placing the ball. So like what you're saying, confidence, I mean, in life, confidence is such a huge thing, but especially at the quarterback position where these guys can just throw on time. Like he's, you never have to be fearful about him being a big game hunter, which you saw and and attacking down the field, but it's nice seeing a little more nuance and maybe some creativity with his throws. And yeah, like you say, he's not overwhelming athlete. He's, I kept saying he's long. I used to call him the Ibis. Because he's built like a stork, so he would play for Miami. Let's go with Ibis. Um, but him, just like he threw a screen where he changed arm angles, and I was like, okay, he he looks like a football player as opposed to maybe a robot that he looked like in the past. So really, really fun QB class, and a lot of guys standing up. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Let's go to the top. We talk, keep talking about QB3. Maybe let's go with a lot of people's QB1. Do you want to do a little Caleb Williams watch real quick? And just, uh, you know, he's my he's my QB1B. I'll be honest, still with Drake May. But let's, let's, let's talk about Caleb Williams because he has done nothing, I think, to dissuade anybody of from uh, looking at him as such a highly touted prospect. And what have you seen so far with uh, Caleb Williams this year, uh, Dane? 
No, oh, he's been as expected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just so good. Um, I, I know Stanford has really fallen off, but watching him against Stanford over the weekend was just – it was a joke. Uh, nice. I mean, he – his, like, adjusted completion percentage uh, was 95%. So this guy has been spot on. When yeah. Stanford would drop eight uh, in – Caleb would just pick him apart because you're not getting a pass rush when they do pressure that's, him. That's the difference between the Sanders and Caleb Williams right here. But yeah, sorry, sorry right. to cut you off. <laughs> no, Williams just has more answers to the test. He yeah. does. He, he and uh, it, he was another guy in my film room. Uh, I, I posted one of his clips where uh, you know they're at the 15 yard line. They run a, an RPO. He reads it uh, and he throws a falling backwards, flat footed, just kind of his momentum taking him backwards throws just gets enough torque on his throw to get the ball on on point to the to, to the slant I mean just a ridiculous talent with that with the arm that he has the processing that he has the instincts that he has um, he's a much better runner with the football that I think people give him credit for like he's you know he, he's a he, he he's a legitimate dual threat guy if he yeah. wants to be so it's just how effortless everything is with him um so i again we could make the same statement with him as we had you know with jj mccarthy you know in terms of competition they've played san jose state nevada and stanford so you know it's it's these defenses aren't anything to get excited about but we're talking about him as being a the clear-cut number one overall right. or the clear you want favorite to see to number one overall you want to see him live up to that, and yeah. so far he absolutely has. Yeah, you want to see dominance. If they're playing inferior competition, yeah. make them look like inferior competition. That's that's a huge thing. They want you. They have to look like the dude. I. I that's it, it's a real sorry, thing. Bro. I know. I know it sounds like intangible, but it's a real thing. That guy better look like the best player on the field, and he does. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know about uh, maybe that freshman uh, returner receiver that they have. Uh, <laughs> he's doesn't got, hurt. <laughs> that doesn't hurt as well. Um, right. But I know like, we'll we'll probably talk about him in two years from now. But holy crap, that guy too. <laughs> look, it, quarterback is one of the most frustrating positions to scout college to the NFL. Yes, because in the big and this is just my opinion. The number one reason is. It is so hard to account for the jump in play speed between mm-hmm. what these guys see and process in college compared to the NFL. Um, yes. This is, in my opinion, this is what's holding Justin Fields back. This is why, you know, like he's he's so methodical with his process and what he's doing, even his drops. Like he's just too methodical and it, that you just can't be. you got to be faster. Yes. And, and you know. And, and we, he tries to be too perfect. He, and it's like you got to yeah, play. you got to play. He has this. He's a ridiculous athlete. Yep. It's it just amazing. But in terms of being uh, more deliberate and more quick with what you're doing, I just it's not there for him yet. And entering year three, it's still yep. a problem for him. Zach Wilson, the game just moves way too fast. Way too fast. You know, and it, these are the problems with these young quarterbacks that don't make it. And when you're watch, so when you scout these guys in college, you try to account for that and mm-hmm. it's just, it's hard because there's just no accounting for nfl speed now that's why quinn ewer is doing what he did against an alabama defense right uh, you know half of that more than half of that alabama defense will be playing on sundays in some shape or form so you know that makes you feel better about the evaluation but you know with caleb williams he does the quick reaction plays that he has that's why I'm so uh, you know optimistic about his transition because everything is so lightning quick yeah. with his decision making, his uh, you know ability to get the ball up and gone. I mean, he will make. I've never seen a quarterback make as many sidearm throws and just change the arm angle with ease yeah. than he does. And, and, but he has the receiver screen. Yeah, against Stanford, he he's fallen. <laughs> you were just about to say instinct before I cut you off. That that's exactly it. It's a receiver screen. But he knows that he there's a free runner coming at him, so he works right. away from him. That's awareness, and then it's just oh, trick shot it, throw it like freaking submarine style to his receiver, and it yeah. be a, and it's a perfect spiral with velocity. It's yes. yeah, it, it, it's it's it's, it's all crazy. quick reaction, like just having that uh, that in his brain that he understands what the defense is doing, and he knows what he needs to do to account for that. So. Uh, it, with a guy like Caleb Williams, I just feel a little bit better about him adjusting the NFL speed because of his play style and that quick reaction 
uh, arm talent that he has. So, you know, it, it, again, it's the hardest part. That's why there's no such thing as a, a quote-unquote sure thing at quarterback right. uh, it, it, transitioning. Because, again, I that jump in college speed to NFL speed is something you really can't account for on right. tape. And that's, that's the gap. That's the projection you're making. And you know, it's, it's something we've seen a lot of young quarterbacks struggle with, but a guy like Caleb Williams, I think we see enough on the tape that you can feel really optimistic about him making that jump. And, and also just his body size, because he's not the biggest guy, but he's thick. Like he has yes. that thick lower yes. body. And when you were talking about his running ability, that's his contact balance is all is like what his strength is as a runner. It's just that like it, it's it's not like, you know, he just bounces off guys. It's kind of mm-hmm. crazy about how like how he can just keep his feet and keep moving forward. So yeah, he's not Kyler or even Justin Fields or these guys that run a four, you know, four something, low four something, but he's still a good athlete who can be a plus runner, which is all he needs to do because he can operate from the pocket. I've been, I've been very impressed there. I, I do want to see some tougher competition, but like even just the two games I watched on all 22, it was, there was not, there's sometimes I want him to hang in the pocket to progress a little bit and he's gotten mm-hmm. better at that, but it's still like he hasn't made a bad decision, if that makes sense. There's a couple times he didn't. Maybe didn't find the answer that was there, but it didn't turn into a bad play or that there wasn't something there. And then he didn't try to make too much happen. Yes, the competition lets you get away with some of that, but there hasn't been anything where I'm like, it's been more like, yeah, this, he has answers. You said he has the answers to the test. It's these guys all have to find ways to win. And he just, he has ways to win different ones. And a lot of them are ones that translate, which is operating from the pocket. Some of that is, you know, Lincoln Riley just scheming up the right plays at the right time. But Caleb is just a perfect vehicle to, you know, actually make those plays come to life. So it it is, it is fun to watch. He's a great muse for him. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. No, he really is. Well, you were just mentioning like half the Alabama's defense is probably going to be playing on NFL Sundays, which is, I feel like we could talk about, say that, which year of Alabama defense where we could say that. (laughs) But, um, we've talked about a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of offensive guys. The defensive side of the ball, I, I think not just us, but this is going to be very offensive heavy draft, at least early yeah. on, especially in the top 10. But any defensive players uh, that have stood out to you so far in the first month of, of college football, any ones that are kind of maybe playing the flag or someone that you is really shining for you, Dane? Uh, I know you've highlighted a couple guys uh, in the pre-draft or the pre-season process, but anyone that's kind of anointed or really like confirmed what you saw in the summer? Um, one of my favorite players in this draft class is going to be Cooper DeGene. Uh, I, he is the best all around defensive back in the country in, in college football from Iowa, uh, by the way, not, yes, not, not I, Alabama, Iowa, not Clemson, no. <laughs> Iowa corner slash safety slash yeah. nickel slash whatever you want to call yeah. him. Um, no, they do is, offensive weapon. He's defensive he, weapon. That, that's, that's he, what he, he is. Against Iowa State, he showed that. Uh, he was primarily an outside corner, but they would line him up in a slot against uh, a tight end, uh, which he just d- smothered the tight end. Um, he He's the best tackling defensive back that I've scouted in this uh, this draft cycle so far this year. Wow. Uh, he led all tacklers and uh, or led the team in tackles against Iowa State. Uh, and then, oh, he also plays special teams. Watch him as a gunner. Uh, check out oh, my film yeah. piece on The Athletic. I will. He, uh, as a gunner, just uh, his his speed to get down the field and then the awareness to kind of gear down, slow up, wait for that uh, that punt to come down, and then just make a textbook tackle. It's just it's fun. To, oh, he's also the primary punt returner for the Hawkeyes. So he does a yes. little bit of everything because he's, he's the best guy in that locker room, and everybody knows it. You know, it, he has that – uh, there, there's just a certain instinct to what he, how he plays that he understands. Uh, he, he's the most reliable guy, and, and coaches understand that. Um, so they put him in in position for him just to go make plays. And you know, you, you kind of said like on offense, he, uh, you know, you want to get your best player the ball. That's kind of what DeGene, the, the Hawkeyes, they want to get him in position to go make plays on the ball. And so far, they've done that through two games. He's outstanding. This is what a first round pick looks like. That's awesome. Yeah, the, yeah, the best player on the field, itist. That's that's what you want to see. Uh, it, it's I, I'm really excited to watch him, especially you just say Gunner, and I, I love when the top players are on teams, not just returners. Usually we talk about as returners, but just hearing guys run down the field. That's why Jameson Williams was so much fun in college, watching him as a Gunner as well, and just oh, yeah. mowing down Dante guys. Smith. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And Dejean, right. he's he's not like in that Travis Hunter territory of you know snaps, but. 
in two games, he's played 165 snaps. That's that's a lot. That's so, a lot. Uh, yeah, he he is a guy that uh, that the, the coaches really rely on uh, to to go out there and make plays, and he's lived up to it so far. So yeah, I, I, I love this kid. Any uh, edge players have stood out? I, I know well, there's it's, not. Re- yeah, well, it's funny because yeah. we we've talked about this, right? Like yeah. how maybe underwhelming this edge class has yeah. been. We we um, talk about the receiver two race, the QB three race. It's kind of the yeah. edge one through five race <laughs> just to figure out who, right. who anyone's going to step up this year. But and, and how early are they going to go? Yeah. You know, like I, like, like a guy like Jared verse uh, from Florida state, um, like he just, he, I, I like his explosiveness. I like the power that he plays mm-hmm. with the way he can incorporate his hands. Um, it, it just, I, I want more splash from him through two games. We haven't seen it. Um, Dallas Turner, they don't let him rush more or uh, more. You want to see him rush more. They just don't let him. I mean, he played some plays against the run in that Texas game that were really impressive. Yeah. Um, that that really stood out. I mean, go back to my top 50. There were eight edge rushers in there. Honestly, of the eight, I think only uh, Latu uh, from UCLA yeah. has lived up to that, uh, which – you know, is obviously, uh, and we haven't really talked about him yet. So that, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, uh, Leatu Latu from UCLA, a little bit of a complicated evaluation because of his medical background, but he's fun on the field because he can, he's got a diverse rush plan. He can win in different ways. Um, you know, there's some areas of in the run game where he needs to get better, but as a pass rusher, the way that he can use that reach, the timing, the hands, uh, there, there's a lot to like there. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with his background, uh, basically, so he was a like a four-star recruit, you know, a guy that there's a lot of promise there at Washington. Back in 2020, like in the middle of the pandemic, that that season, he got hurt at practice. There's a neck injury. He saw a bunch of specialists. Um, he had numbness. He had surgery. Hmm. And they said, you have to medically retire. And so in the spring of 2021, he officially retired. He stayed uh, close to the team and was basically like a, you know, just a, a GA. And then after that 2021 season, he's like, I'm just, I'm not giving up. You know, I want to, I want to get back out there, but Washington would not clear him. So he transfers to UCLA uh, back uh, in the off season after the 2021 season, able to get cleared uh, at UCLA. And last year he didn't even start a game, came off the bench, but he was outstanding getting after the quarterback comes back for a senior year. And uh, he stayed healthy all of last year. Yeah. Um, this year so far so good. He was, it was lights out in that opener uh, against coastal Carolina. They couldn't block him. It was, it was embarrassing, um, but he is, he's really productive and um, you know, he's, but coming back to that medical stuff, that that's going to be something we talk about, between now and uh, the draft is how much does that play yeah. a factor and where he's going to be drafted. I mean, he started in my top 50 at, let me see, 23. So, right. I mean, up there. Uh, but the, the medical questions will continue to linger until we get maybe some more you know, official info from teams after the combine. Hey, Jalen Phillips went 18th overall. It's it, it's it's it, uncanny how similar it is, right? right? It, with UCLA as well involved. I know it's it, kind of flipped, right. but yeah, but still, it's like yeah, that's that's still, kind of where my mind a, went to. Jalen Phillips had to medically retire, and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, just cross him off my board, move yep. on, and then he resurfaces at Miami and uh, turns himself into a first round pick. And so far, I mean, you think about it, there are a lot of pass rushers that went first round that year. Uh, that was what Quiddy Pay and uh, yep. uh, so we got Rousseau and yep, Rousseau. Uh, uh, Tryon. Um, yep. uh, there, there are a bunch of pass rushers in that mix, but Phillips has been the best of that that group so far. Yeah, uh, uh, of the the non Michael Parsons division. The uh, but no, it's because <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't count. But yeah, no, but right, it's right. yeah, but of that group. I mean, he's a really anointed self. He had a great year last year, and like we did a top ten edge discussion. Me, uh, Stephen Ruiz from The Ringer, and Seth Galena from PFF, and he, like, we all three of us were like, "Well, the question was, who's the guy that could crack this list next year?" And his name mm-hmm. came up. It, all three of us mentioned him. So, no, it's a great, it's a very uh, similar kind of. That's where my mind went. I heard medical injury history retired UCLA, and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> I know this story." Um, no, but that that's a great shout. It does seem to me a lot of these edges are more useful players than maybe the bendy, twitchy edges that get 
they'll look like they're going to get a dozen sacks. You know, there's Chop Robinson's interesting, um, but mm-hmm. it just it seems like a lot more of those useful types, those kind of uh, run first stoppers, complementary rusher types. At least at this point in time, you don't know who shows up uh, as the season that's, goes along. That's the thing because it, it's again it, the the number one rule of scouting is traits over production. Absolutely, you know? like I don't. I don't care what production you have. Show me the traits. Show me what you can do. And but at the same time, you still want to see some of those plays being made. Have and, results. You know, Chop Robinson. I have. I have yet to see him. Uh, you know, really make a standout play rushing the passer so far through two games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he barely played against Delaware. So, um, but same thing with JT Tumalalu from Ohio State. Want to see? I just want to see it. Um, you know, and, right. and it, it's something that we know they have the ability. But in terms of separating yourself, being a top 10, top 15 guy, you still want to be able to point to the tape and say, this is why. Yep. You know, it, It's great that he's got the traits. It's great that uh, you know potential and what he could be. But still, I want you to convince me with uh, the tape. And so far, you know, besides Latu, I don't know that any of these edge rushers have yeah. really done that in terms of standing out with just what they've done on the field so far. Yeah, you want you want to say point at a two minute drill where the other team couldn't block them for three straight plays yeah. and it blow just, up the drive. Yeah. Take it, take it over. Take it I, over. Know, like that's, that's what you're drafted to do. You're supposed to be the closer. <laughs> that yeah, that is right. what that is why you get drafted high if you're an edge guy. Yes, it's nice to be useful against the run and everything, but you gotta have some juice. <laughs> um, right, exactly. And, and you know, a guy like Dallas Turner, I think he's got the juice. Yeah, they don't let him. Uh, you know, just that style of defense. That's what they, I know he doesn't they love get a ton slant of, them inside and having yeah. the slot blitz, and that's that's what they right. like to do. That's what they do. Yeah. He doesn't get as many pin your ears back. Just yeah. you know, beat this guy one on one. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, one other defensive player I want to mention too, Cameron Kitchens from Miami. Uh, yeah, you know, one of only two safeties that made my initial top fifty. He uh, had a great game, and we talked about that A and M game with uh, mm-hmm. Van Dyke uh, Kitchens. I mean, he was. He was great. He in the third quarter alone, he had an interception. He had a, a, a near second interception, and then had a fumble recovery. Uh, he was all over the place. They finished with seven tackles. Uh, unfortunately, he had to be carted off in the fourth quarter after he collided with a receiver trying to make a tackle attempt. Good news is uh, Mario Cristobal said he's in quote unquote good shape, which is which is good. No news about when he's going to be able to return to the field, but. Yeah. Good news, regardless. That it sounds like he's doing well because you know he's he's an outstanding talent and you know a guy that in this safety we haven't seen a lot of no doubt about it safeties the last few years. Yeah. This guy could be that. He at least got that has, has that potential. Okay, no, that's that's good to know. Uh, I I know the defensive tackle there. Uh, like kind of I kind of watched. I was a little bit. I was waiting for him to affect Leonard the game Taylor. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Leonard Taylor. I was waiting for him to affect the game a little bit more. But again, it was just a it's a breeze yeah. through all 22. And again, it's early to season. That's the thing about defensive line. They, <laughs> some games can be very frustrating watching them. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, but speaking of standouts, let's get maybe to the pros part of prospects to pros and talk about some week one rookie standouts. Uh, Dane, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, were there any NFL rookies in week one that stood out to you so far? Or one weekend, but who stood out for right. you on that first four days of action? Well, I mean, who saw the Puka Nakua? Puka Nakua, coming, right? Uh, Fourteen targets, ten <laughs> catches, one hundred nineteen yards. I look. Hey, we talked about it a few yes, weeks ago, we right? It was the cat. The category was uh, what non first round rookie yep. who could surprise. And I mean, he's a guy we talked about. I, I, I don't think any of us saw this coming in no. week one. No, but you know, based on film study at BYU, I put a third round grade on him. Uh-huh. Athletic, he's tough. He's he's a savvy player. Um, the big question was just health. He couldn't yep. stay on the field. Uh, could he stay on the field? The NFL. I don't. Well, time will tell. But he stayed on the field in week one, and I. 
I mean, you could say he was the top offensive rookie uh, that we saw so far, but um, I don't know. What about for you? Anybody that stood out? Yeah, Pukadakua, uh, I think he was also like the most targeted rookie in week one ever or something like that, which is Jeez. just, yeah, he he looked, he looked fine. Like, you actually was like, wow, he looked like your fourth year pro, not a rookie starting your first game. Like, he's blocking right. everything. So, um, Zay Flowers had a nice game, uh, the yeah. Ravens uh, wide receiver. Um, I, look, I know we haven't, like, the Ravens haven't had that receiver, I know, but I was still sh- kind of shocked. Uh, to find out, because I, I, going back and doing the research, over the yeah. last 25 years, the Ravens are the only team in the NFL who have not had a wide receiver go 1,200 yards in a season or more. Really? Like I, I, and you think about it when you think about it, it's not surprising. Yeah, but then you, but but you think about it, and look, this is a team that is or an organization that has been competitive over those 25 years. Yes. It's just surprising that you know a Derek Mason didn't get in there, Tory Smith, or you know one of these guys didn't. Even with like a, like with Joe Flacco throwing yeah. the football, like one of these receivers, late career Steve Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I was I was pretty surprised to find that out. But Zay Flowers, I mean, to your point, he could. He's on pace right. to be that guy this year, yeah. uh, especially with that target share that they're going to give him. So, him. oh my goodness, that's that's it. I mean, you're you're only a guy like Zay Flowers can be uh, as good as his volume. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. you give him those targets, uh, those catch and run opportunities, uh, you know, he could easily average 80 receiving yards a game. Like yeah. that, that that's not out of the realm of possibility for him uh, in year one. So that's you know. It, I, we'll see, you know, J.K. Dobbins going down, um, you know, what the how they'll change things up. And yeah. Mark Andrews didn't play in that first right. game, so exactly. that'll eat into the target share a little bit. But still, uh, yeah, good showing for Zay in, in week one. And another uh, Rams rookie actually stood out with their second round pick, uh, Steve Avila. Uh, yeah, the, the no, left guard. Yeah, he, he had a nice – the whole Rams O-line had a nice game, and he did too. I thought him and Skaronsky were the two yep. uh, offensive linemen that I thought played really, both at left guard. Um, and then uh, Chandler Zavala in Carolina. Uh, yeah. A guy that, you know, you're watching Carolina for Bryce Young, uh, but it was Zavala who, uh, he was my highest graded non-combine prospect. Okay. Um, and he he played uh, pretty well. Our, our buddy Brandon Thor tweeted out a few clips that kind of helped help show what Zavala did. So that, that was good to see. And then... Um, Jameer Gibbs, I know fantasy football owners were a little yeah, but unhappy with his touches, but he still he led all rookies in, so in missed tackles forced. Uh and then he just he looked so good with the ball in his hands. Like he oh was God. he was running with power, like yeah. he was bouncing off tackles, like yes. he was uh you know, he he's a guy that I'm still uh, I'm all in on Jameer Gibbs, even though I know some some frustrated fantasy football owners out there. They, yeah, it's not his own fault. <laughs> it's just how no. they're going to use him. Uh, all of those lines rookies look good. Uh, Laporta had some nice moments. They're using him intelligently uh, as, a, as a blocker. As a blocker. Yeah. yeah. He looked good. Uh. He was pulling. He had a great pull that was knocked the guy. He's tough as hell. It's just that he's not big. Yeah, he that, that's it. And he's smart. It's just, yeah, it's not his own fault. But he's going to go to the right guy. And he's going to try and always pop him. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, including Brian Branch, one of those lines rookies, I, I liked him. He had a nice. Oh, yeah. Outside the pick six, I think we're both high on him. So, uh, but I want to throw that in there too. But any defensive rookies that stood out to you in week one? Yeah, and Branch was my dark horse last week for defensive rookie of the year because uh, I think he's going to get the interception numbers, numbers like and that. I think he'll get the tackle numbers. So, yeah. and yeah, so far so good. Uh, I mean, Jalen Carter. Yeah. <laughs> as advertised, uh, I, I know the Patriots' offensive line on the interior is a little in flux right now, mm-hmm. but still, he's. It doesn't only lead all rookies in uh, pressures through week one. He's tied for the NFL lead uh, with eight pressures. So Pretty this good. guy is a problem, yeah. and that will continue to be the, uh, the fact. So uh, Ivan Pace uh, for the Vikings, I thought yes. he had a good game. Uh, not the result they wanted uh, for Minnesota, but uh, for an undrafted rookie to play the way he's been playing, uh, it's been you know awesome to see, uh, although not that huge of a surprise to anybody that watched him at Cincinnati. Um, and then, you know, Will Anderson, I thought he, for how you would expect the first defensive player uh, mm-hmm. drafted, how you would expect him to play, I thought I thought he looked pretty good in, uh, in week one for the Texans. Yeah, it's it's nice to see him go from that Bama defense that we just talked about with Dallas Turner to actually see him just get to tee off and yeah, <laughs> just pin those it. ears back. He had a good preseason. Yeah, he, he looks exactly as advertised. No, Jalen Carter, like you said, it's he looked dominant uh, uh again you want the dominant players yeah oh he's going against a rookie oh make him look like a fifth round rookie then 
that's the that's thing. It. It's like you got to make it. like we can say that all we want, but they got to do it. And so he did it. So that's that's good. That's a check in his yeah. box. And his first ever NFL action. So like, yeah, this is right. uh yeah, this is a guy that has special ability, yeah. and as long as he's on the field, I, he's going to keep creating disruption. Not. Yep. And another guy that uh, didn't play a ton, a ton of snaps, but was very productive was Keanu Benton, who I know we both like. Uh, but he, yeah. his first, very first snap. Uh, it was, I think it was the second or third drive for the Steelers, or it was the 49ers, but Steelers defense. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a pass rush, and he just tossed the center. Uh, they lined up at nose a good amount, like head up nose. And yeah. he was just uh, just shredding the center. Like he had some really good pass rushing snaps. I have, I've only watched the first half of that game on all 22, but I do recall some rump snaps when I was watching on TV as well. But he. He had a great preseason. I, of course, like him, even outside my Badger love, but he he had a really nice first game, at least uh, as a rookie. Uh, going and, against and they're going to need him with, uh, with uh, Hayward out absolutely. now for uh, however, however long he's out. Uh, on that defensive line, they're going to need Benton to grow up, grow up quick and, and make an impact. Absolutely. Well... I think I think that does it for today. That was a, a nice. That was great. Talk about some QB three discussions, which we will probably continue next week as well. But something, we, something tells me we'll revisit here uh, maybe in a week. So yeah, uh, there's there's yeah. As finally get into some maybe some more conference play as well. That'll be great. But we'll just keep talking. Uh, the update discussions, defensive players, the standout. We'll probably get some offensive line soon. Uh, but just as more tape comes in, there's more things to talk about. The NFL season keeps rolling. The college football season keeps rolling, and prospects the pros will keep keep rolling along so we will see you guys next wednesday thank you for tuning in see you guys then this was the athletic football show's prospects to pros podcast